In a world of social media and celebrity status, it is easy to want to skip the journey, focus on the destination, and as they say it, put your best foot forward. But what does this mean? Who created the rules and how have we collectively decided to live and die by the pressures and standards set by society? In today's episode, we will be speaking on the dangers of comparison and how it potentially robs us of our joy. Hello everyone, yes, we're back. <laughs> back again. <laughs> ah, yeah, we're back, okay. But yeah, how have you been? How have you, I'm saying how have you been, like, I won't be seeing you. <laughs> you can see me, you can see me regularly. I've been good, I've been quite great, the Baroness, how about you? Yeah, I've been good as well, thank God. Finally graduated, last time we recorded an episode. <laughs> the only graduates here was Honma. I <laughs> know <laughs> I've joined... Or join gang. He said he wants to he wants to the the, the big, big boys. boys <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. It's been it's been great so far. I'm really excited about today's topic because I feel that this topic really is like something that at every point in life, like as we go through stages, we're definitely gonna encounter it, right? And it's always nice to equip ourselves with a word so that our character doesn't start to struggle. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, we just do a little bit of icebreaker, uh-huh. and then we'll do this or that. Do you have a list of this or that, or I'm just going to... So for the, well, the icebreaker, I was really thinking that we should answer some questions. Okay. So the first being, how's the start of your new year been? And the second question would be like, you know, what have been some of the highlights since the beginning of your year? That could be like, you know, a goal that you're looking forward to, or like something that's really happened within the last few weeks. I didn't write these questions now, so... <laughs> Is all right, is all right, is all right, is all right. Oh, so you're asking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this new year has been really, uh, really great so far. Thank God. I feel like that's just a Christianese answer. (laughs) But I was going to say, January usually takes long. It's usually the longest month. I don't know why. Maybe because, but some highlights from my year is um, I completed my, let me me say it's right, my Bible-based vision board. If you listen to our um, Faith vs. Manifestation podcast, you probably know, episode, you probably know what we're talking about. But finally completed that this week, finally. Up on part of that vision board. Yes. Good. I would say. I would say. You know our conversation, so I should, I, there's no way I should not be part of that vision board. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so yeah, so I definitely like completed that. And then, um, yeah, that's, really been like the main highlight because for me january is just like a time to like you know um just pl- plan and prep for the rest of the year uh, but yeah how about you um my year has been off to like a really great start um i remember someone asking me like january 1st like how how i entered into the year and i just told a person that i believe that there's been like a fresh release of grace yeah. to me. So certain things I was like really, really struggling with last year. And I was praying for God to like help me with, I just, I believed I could sense that I had entered into the year with a fresh dispensation of grace. And that has been my testimony all through January. So it's just been so amazing because not only has grace been released, but there's also this um, unction of responsibility responsibility and diligence within me that I know that I want to hone in yeah. what has been released and I just want to keep on maximizing to ensure that, you know, 
the grace that has been given, I can use it to do yeah. that which was intended, of course. Um, so, wow, um, it's a it's a new it's a new way to start the year because I don't think I've ever entered into any year feeling the way I've entered into yeah. it. Yeah, actually, same. And so, highlights of my year. Someone new was added to my list of um, mentors. Someone new. In fact, as before we started recording this episode, the person actually like invited me for an event that was like literally, I was telling the person that <laughs> my life has been changed. <laughs> so I now have a new mentor that I'm, I'm sure like, you know, great things are already going to come out from that connection. And, you know, their, their goals, their transitions that will be working on this year that I am just, I know that it's to put me into like a, a better space. So yeah, those are some of the highlights so far. No, still, 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 still. But I know our social media, honestly, follow us at kicroyals.ca. Yeah. And part of the highlights, I feel like for the podcast, honestly, like we're going to be like, a lot more so let's put the ad let's put the expectation out there that yeah, listeners yeah. will not understand like there's going to be a lot more structure with the podcast yeah you're going to be hearing new voices i faith as manifestation show was so great and yeah i think the episode we had with uju was just yes, was so much laughter so much you know enjoyment just recording that particular episode so look forward to well-structured well-meaningful or well-meaning episodes and yeah, hearing from new voices, see new faces. I'm sure you also see a couple like clips, live clips on our social media page. I'm giving you ideas, right? <laughs> no, we should actually have more faces on our socials. Yeah. So yeah. Definitely. But yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a video. Um, just not for us, but for also for everyone in and tuning in as well. So yes. Now to the conversation of comparison. The purpose of this conversation really, as said by the intro, is that like, in terms of comparison, it's very easy to fall into the trap of comparing like ones with uh, each other. Um, I think it's probably that everyone advises us in scripture a lot to do that really. And there's definitely I don't want to say good comparison, I like to call it like inspiration mm-hmm. or maybe you're motivated by someone or you're inspired mm-hmm. by someone to be better. But when it starts to enter the realm of comparison, it really starts to steal your joy. It really starts to hit you up on the inside. And that's why strife and bitterness and anger can, can start to grow. And I think the root cause of comparison really is just like a sense of entitlement, like saying like, why not me? Like, but. It's such an important conversation, especially with social media now that everybody, like no one sees the come up anymore, right? I think there was someone that was really, I think he, he was on Americans Got Talent. I don't really remember. He was a really good singer. And then I was like years back when I, when I seen him sing. And then I saw him again on social media. And then in my mind, I was like, how this guy's not blown yet? But in that moment, I was like, yes, that's because you know of his, like, of his story, right? Like usually when we meet like stars that we know now, we actually didn't know how they started, um, right? Because there was no social media back then when they started. But social media has now like ruined everything for us. We think that we just need to start something and immediately like uh-huh. you blow up like that. So and just being cut. Wow. What a way to open up the episode. See how you would 
Yeah, honestly, everything you've said really covers the purpose of this conversation. And I'm sure like with the, you know, part of like the flow of the conversation, flow of the discussion, we would definitely be able to break things down in such a way that people will be able to identify mm. if or where they stand in terms of comparison, but also be able to find meaningful steps on how to come out of that mode and, you know, live in the freedom that God has called us to experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so is it Transformation Church that has this saying called HOT? So HOT stands for Humble, Open and Transparent. So (laughs) in a HOT manner, have you ever had a moment where you compared yourself to another person? Yes. Which one? (laughs) Which one do I pick? The most recent one. (laughs) Um, Oh my days, all the time. Whether that's school, especially when it comes to school, especially because like when I was growing up, school was such an important aspect. Like your academics was so important. So, I mean, when I was in primary school, I didn't really care. But when I started caring, then the comparison was just, it's funny, comparison only starts when you start to care about something. But I think this guy's trying <laughs> I'm typing, I'm taking my notes, please. No, because it's so true. It actually... Yeah, like, when, when, you, when you just go, when you start, when you don't really care, like, the, the, like it's not there, right? But when you actually start, kind of like... So, yeah, with school, with getting, like, a job. But there was something that... This was before, like, KSC started. It was something that Pasolola Day said way back. She said, don't ever compare yourself with anyone. And when you hear... Like, I've heard it before, but when she said it, it was a hit. Like, it, like, it really hit right then. And, like, don't ever compare yourself with anyone. Don't, like, comparison will really kill your joy. And every time I find myself in a space, for me personally, it always starts when I'm trying to achieve something, right? And then I'm, like, comparing myself either with the person that has achieved it or someone that's doing something similar and they've probably done it faster than, like, I have. But... That could just, like, don't compare yourself with anybody. Just be genuine to yourself and know that your journey is really and truly your own. So, yeah. Can I say that I'm actually quite surprised that you have a comparison story? I have many. Not <laughs> no, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that, oh, well, you're human too. But <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's some things, there might be some areas that some people don't struggle with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is news to me that comparisons, but I thought I'll be the black sheep in this I recording. No, no. <laughs> okay. Um, before I share, I guess my own experience, I would just like to start off by saying that, like, I believe because of like the nature of this podcast, mm. we make ourselves vulnerable about our own personal experiences, so that listeners can relate, mm-hmm. and they can also be blessed by the work of the Spirit of God in renewing our minds and establishing the will of God in our lives. So one of the feedbacks you had mentioned, you know, Pastor, Pastor Mrs. Just Pastor Lodi, one of the feedback that you know she gave just from a couple of our episodes was that she she really appreciates us for being really vulnerable. And I say that because topics like this, topics like, you know, peer pressure, topics like, you know, comparison really requires us to come out of a zone and be able to share, okay, this is how or this has been how things have worked in our lives. Mm. And this is how, you know, I got to now see things from a different light and perspective according to God's word. So for myself, I really believe that this particular episode is a part two 
of the recording we did for peer pressure. Mm. Because what I shared at that time for the recording for peer pressure was that for myself, the area that I recognized pressure in was closely related to matters on like career, business, and leadership. Like, you know, when you're talking about like, you know, reaching for certain things, mm-hmm. like I was, I am reaching for certain things in those areas of like career, business, and, you know, leadership. And so it just causes me to be very, at- well, yeah, I can still use the word attentive to like what's going on around, like who are the big players there? Like yeah. what are they doing? Because like, I know I also have the same goals, right? And, you know, it keeps me wondering, you know, how things are going to actualize in my own life. Because when I look at these these people, I also like take some feedback and I start to look into my own life and see, you know, how are things going to plan for you? Like, I know you have the goals, I know you have the drive, but like, I'm still trying to ground myself back into understanding of how things would actually like pan out. Mm-hmm. And so when I now think of comparison, I would say that when I see my peers and not necessarily my peers, but like people that have really like set the pace, mm. when I see them like, you know, exuding a certain level of excellence in life, I tend to not necessarily compare myself, but it's easy for me to build them up as a standard and ask mm. myself, like I see them as a standard and I'll t- turn back to myself and ask myself, like, what are you doing? Mm. Like, <laughs> what are you doing in your own life? People are and working as <laughs> I would stop here and then I'll share that Part of like for Clarity PD now, this is a Clarity PD plug. Yeah, sure. Um, if you're not too sure what Clarity PD is, it's a virtual session that happens every Monday at 5 p.m. EST, and you can bring your questions, the questions you have about like any subject area. What you just did with that EST thing is actually very important. Very important <laughs> because they blew out our Yes. Yeah. <laughs> any question you have, you know, Bible, faith. Purple's career, whatnot. And so with the help of the Holy Spirit, Pastor Dai is able to provide us with answers. But there was something he shared, you know, very recently in one of our sessions. And he, he talked about like, and I'm, I'm not going to share his story, but I'm going to give like the summary. Mm. And what he had shared was that there was a particular point in his life where he was riled up about something that happened. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit was able to remind him that that was his weakness. Mm. And why the Holy Spirit did so was so that he could be able to understand that. The children of God, the, yeah, children of God should not have weaknesses like that because that's literally leverage for the devil to exploit. And so he was able to recognize that by the help of the Holy Spirit, he was able to come to a state where it's almost like numbness. Like these things don't affect me. I've submitted everything to God. And I see that because when we talk about things like comparison, if you identify that comparison is an issue in your life, it's also like feedback to see that this is a weakness that I face and this is a weakness that the devil is looking to exploit and I do not want to have that as a part of my life. So when I share my experience, I do so now being able to spotlight that it is a weak spot in my life and a weakness that I should have no bearing with. So you know as believers like we have the tendency to see that that's just how I am. Mm. We can't see that just because it's it's not in alignment with what the word says. The word tells you like clearly who you are and you can't just say, okay, well, I'm just someone that dabbles in comparison from time to time. Like that's not really ideal. Like if you've picked this as a weakness, you should also have the desire to also have this brought to God in such a way that he can fix it. And you can, you know, you can live life a lot lighter. Yeah, fast, very punch. This, this, this. Okay, so I guess now that we've been able to like share own experiences on comparison what would you see are the possible root causes of comparison so genuinely like maybe like like i said like admiration so let's say we admire something and 
when you're striving towards a a goal, um, chances are you're not like the first person over necessarily achieve that feat. So it's very easy to compare yourself with like the results that they have already when you're just starting out, right? And then also we live in a very unfortunately we live in a very capitalistic world. So everything from school to grade to the cars we drive to the houses we have to the phones we have it's comparison hmm. so i think it's a nature of what we it's a nature of the world we live in and and it's also like one of the issues that i would say like cain dealt with in the bible and i think the the sacrifice was like the final straw for him like when um god accepted abel's and comparison is always outward looking it never really looks within it's always looking at everything outside and always saying like why them why them why them right so yeah i think that's sorry just to stretch the thought that you raised on comparison being outward looking what then would you see when people take that comparison as kind of like feedback on how they assess themselves because then you can like turn it back inward yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can then become a thing of like self-hate or maybe you recognize that you've been trying your best for some reason it's just working for this well we know that there's nothing like just like coincidence like yeah, yeah there was intention behind things for for at least for the people that have achieved what they what yeah. they ended up achieving or succeeding in there was intention behind it or you know whatever factors played into like their own success it wasn't just coincidence these just didn't mm-hmm. fall on their laps i mean it happens sometimes i say there's no yeah. hair dasha <laughs> can i put like that but for most people it just didn't fall on their laps but mm. i guess like does that also do we also factor that in us in a way that you know, you're outward looking, but you can also turn back within yourself exactly. and you know, access yourself internally? Yeah. So like, I, f- um, I, I feel like comparison is more gives, it removes responsibility from your shoulders. And just, just like you said, jumps to the conclusion that, well, it's because they have a rich uncle. Mm-hmm. Like, something, like something like that. Yeah. And, but when you start to enter into the level of like inspiration, it's kind of it's it starts like wow they did that i can take these steps i can do this and i can achieve that it might not necessarily be the way they achieved it it might not necessarily be when they achieved it but i know that because they did it i definitely can build capacity enough to also achieve that as well yeah i mean you've covered it for myself i was just pretty much going to share that one of the root causes of comparison that i identify which you've shared i'm sure like you know, either from like the first question or from this one, it's just you want what they have. Yeah. And so you're comparing yourself just based off like their story and based off like your own journey as well. Like you see the end goal, which is exactly what you're pressing towards as well. You want the exact same thing. And so that comparison starts to like, I guess like I'm, I'm learning a lot from like your own like perspective on things as well. Like, because for, for myself, like when I think about comparison, that measure is always just going to be like, you know, I want this thing. I see the potential in myself as well to have this thing actualized in my own life. And so I measure myself up to this particular person. And so that's always going to be like the focal point for me is always like just looking into like, you know, that side by side comparison, to be honest. And comparison is such a, I don't know, like, especially when you have like the school systems. So just of context, school systems in Nigeria did not help compare my comparison struggles. I mean, there's this really funny story. I have to share it. 
So when I was in secondary schools just to Nigeria, we would have like ranks. And it was deep ranks. It was like the first favorite just as one, like everybody would be in the same class. But then the top 50 students. For our international audience, what's GSS? So GSS1 is the equivalent of like maybe high goodness. Grade. I believe it's from grade eight. If it... Six. Uh, six from is grade six. From seven to nine. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so around it's called junior secondary, secondary school. One, yeah. yeah. But the equivalent would be that you're six years away from university. So because just one, just two, just what three. What is SS? And SS1, SS2, SS3. Yeah, so you're then, six years away from, yeah. 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 So then that's like uh, grade six around, I think. Grade, grade seven. Yeah, grade seven. Yeah, yeah. So I was there. So then the top students, the top of the students would, when they're going to the next class, will be in a special class. And then the rest just <laughs> continue like that. And I was part of the rest, obviously. <laughs> I was it. So then um, there was this one time we get our report cards and it said like I was second place in the class. I was so happy. I was shocked. It was a lie. It was a typo because I shared the last name of the person who actually got second. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so yeah but yeah the the this the institutions that we live within don't help with that with our comparison struggles at all and it's really like it is such a frame chain to just like once you finally like drop it off right but not to say that like i said i think it's me personally i think it's something that you're going to have to constantly just I wouldn't say struggle with, but remind yourself that you are not just going to compare yourself with any space that you're in per se. Because anytime you want to achieve something great, there's that chance, kind of like the forbidden foot, is there's that chance that you want to lean into, to, into comparison. And comparison can actually work both ways. The bad one is, wow, look at what I'm doing. Look at the other guys there, Blake's. That are like beneath me, mm. is it, there are two sides of the same coin, right? If you compare yourself, if you make yourself better by comparing yourself with quote unquote like less people, you would also fall into the trap of comparing yourself with people who do better than you. So it's they're like two sides of the same coin. And then, yeah. So what would you say? Comparison and je- and would you say comparison and jealousy have similarities? I would say so. I would say so, but I guess like before we even look into like the similarities, maybe we can like the def- not mm. define but explain what the the concepts are. Yeah. So what is con- what is comparison? What is jealousy? And I I made a couple notes here when I was trying to like you know look further down into like the explanations. Um. So here I just put down comparison is measuring yourself against the image of another person. So you measure their qualities, success, and often the conclusion is a sense of deficiency or lack. Mm. And so like we see that gap in with like this person is kind of like living that dream that I want to live and I'm kind of far off. And so the in-between is kind of like that space that defines the lack or deficiency. And I put down here that jealousy pushes comparison a bit further Mm. by introducing three things. It introduces insecurity, fear and bad intentions yeah so for insecurity i'm just gonna go through my notes and i I know that i put down like a couple like scriptures that way everything is like reverting back to (laughs) 
you know, for back to the initial point. So for insecurity, like jealousy really plays on those areas that exploit the things that you lack or those areas that for some reason you can't be grateful to God for. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes like part of the reason why we would compare our own journeys is like when we when we forget at times to express gratitude to God for where we're currently at and know that we trust him in that journey of taking us to where we, you know, where we desire to be so long as we are applying ourselves. And so, for example, with when, when we're just talking about insecurities, I think we can pick off on the story of Saul. That really tells a lot because mm. Saul was someone that lived to please the people. Yeah. And so when we start looking into the the happenings of jealousy and comparison in his life, he can really start to see that everything pretty much trickled down from that insecurity. So he had this innate desire to always get approval and recognition from mm-hmm. people. And he placed them above God. Mm-hmm. So we've established insecurity, which could be that area in your life where it's kind of like your pain points. Yeah. It's that pain points. That's where things really hit you the most. And there's kind of like that push on the inside of you, like, it hurts when you think about those areas and it hurts when you look at someone else that's, that's living yeah. that life as well. Before we even go into like the next one, because I said there are three areas, insecurity, fear, and third one, insecurity, fear, and bad intentions. Okay. So the Bible says in Genesis 30 verse one, now this is a very short um, verse and it's talking about Rachel. Obviously Rachel wanted to have children for Jacob. And she said, the verse says, Rachel was very jealous of Leah for having children and she said to Jacob, I would die if you don't give me some children. That was like an era that she experienced a lot of, you know, personal hurts in. That was her own level of insecurity. So far, so much that she really wanted to define herself by that. I would die if you don't give me some children. It's like, is he God? <laughs> <laughs> but we can really see like that was an area of insecurity for her. The same with Saul and, you know, people pleasing. Okay, so in terms of fear... We're just in terms of fear and bad intentions, we're gonna be looking at the story from first Samuel eighteen. And I'm just gonna be reading from verse eight or from verse six to verse fourteen. We share the word of God here because this is <laughs> a faith based podcast. Yeah. So first Samuel chapter first Samuel eighteen, verse six to fourteen, and it says, As the troops were returning home, now this is the story of David defeating Goliath. And just to give like a, a short summary, so David had defeated Goliath, which is one of the giants in the Philistine army or in their camp. And so people started to praise David. And what Saul had picked when he started to hear their praises was that they were giving David a lot more praise than they had done to him. And from the moment that he heard their praise to David, that was the moment that jealousy came in. And from then onwards, like, when we see so when we see insecurity instead of yeah. people when we see fear it was like oh is david going to take over at this point in time and then we see bad intentions where he literally wanted to kill mm-hmm. david um so first samuel 18 verse 6 to 14 it says as the troops were returning home after david had killed the philistine the women came out of all the cities of israel to meet king saul with singing and dancing with joyful songs and with tambourines and other instruments and as the women danced, they sang out, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Verse 9 says, And Saul was furious and resented this song. They have ascribed tens of thousands to David, he said, but only thousands to me. 
what more can he have but the kingdom see fear mm. fear fear what more can he have but the kingdom then this is a very important verse verse 9 says and from that day forward Saul kept a jealous eye on David now we're going to pick off in from verse 12 it says so Saul was afraid again fear yeah. of David because the Lord was with was with David but had departed from Saul verse 13 says therefore Saul sent David away and gave him command of a thousand men David led the troops out to battle and back and he continued to prosper in all his ways because the Lord was with him. So in terms of fear, I'm just looking through, you know, what I had taken down in my notes. Okay, so I put down here that what does fear have to do with jealousy, which is like the question I was trying to explore. And I was just saying that, no, we can look at soul. So jealousy involves you thinking that you will lose or you have lost some affection or security because of someone or something else. So you, you're kind of like in this space where you're like, I'm about to lose the very thing that I hold dear to me because someone else is coming over or something else has come to take that place. And so what I started to bring up in Saul is that, you know, he said, you know, my praise, which was he really wanted the praise of the people, the praise that should have been centered towards me, Saul, King mm. Saul. <laughs> it's now been given to David. Even though that praise should really be given in all cases to God, he wanted the praise of the people for himself. And so he has started to measure up himself to David. And the Bible says that, when he started to hear the praise of the people, he geared himself up. He began to keep an evil eye on David. And so food for thought in terms of like just the evaluation of fear itself and how it ties into like comparison and jealousy is that it's kind of like feedback for us to take and just ask ourselves in what ways have we kept an evil eye on someone he, just because, you know, yeah. we are. It might start off as comparison, but it kind of like trickles down into jealousy because like part of like what I'd established was yeah, jealousy pushes comparison a bit further. Yeah. And then the last thing is, so we have insecurity, we have fear, and then we have bad intentions. So maybe we can pick up, because I skipped to verse 10 and verse 11 in that, in the scripture I was reading. So it says, verse 10 says, okay, actually, let's start off from verse 9. So verse 9 says, and from that day forward, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. So from that day being like the day that he had the praise of the people, verse 10 says, the next day, a spirit of distress sent from God. It was not sent from God. Yeah. <laughs> a spirit of distress sent from God came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house while David played the harp as usual. Now let's look at you know, what had really transpired in you know, verse 10. It says, Now Saul was holding a spear and he, he hurled it at David, thinking, I will pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. <laughs> that, at that point, because it says that he prophesied inside the house while David played the harp as usual. And what I'm getting from this was that it was kind of like an outward expression of what was happening on the inside of him. Mm -hmm. that he actually wanted to kill David. Yeah. And so he had attempted it twice. I mean, if I was David and someone tried to kill me, why am I, why, why would I, I come back again? again? But we get to see how things played off from insecurity having that room, that door, that window that the devil can exploit, which is why I started off in the beginning by saying, look, if you catch comparison, catch it early yeah. and deal with it. If this is your weak point, do, and I'm thinking to myself, this episode is for me. <laughs> it's for me. Deal with it early in such a way that you don't have this weak point yeah. that the enemy can exploit. Because to start off as insecurity in that area, yeah. it's going to lead off to fear where you start wondering and pondering and thinking about the worst case scenarios. And then it's going to lead into bad intentions. And, you know, what I put down for bad intentions in my notes is that it hurts you so bad that you want to snuff out whatever the other person has from them. Like, 
you're getting to a point where like you know because you have this i want it as well yeah i don't want you to have it i actually want you to take it out from me is that is it like you're getting to a point where like your partner i want to remove really. this thing yeah i want to remove this thing completely is that like is that it is gone from the earth or even if it's must remain it's not being your hands because mm-hmm. sometimes and this is an interesting point like sometimes jealousy can be person dependent yeah so for example if I see someone that has something I want, but for some reason I believe that that person is under me, that person is subservient to me. I'm not. I might not feel as threatened yeah. as I do when I believe that someone else has it, but they're in their own realm, they're on their own space of power and authority, yeah. and I feel threatened. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you know I had made that note that there to see you would rather that thing vanish than for them to have it, them being the person that you are in. But overall, the question was, what are the similarities between comparison and jealousy? And the reason why I had to go into like what those two look like was because what I was able to establish was that in both cases, there is one, someone that you are comparing yourself to or that you're jealous of. There is two, something that you want or aspire to have that they already have. And the third one is that both comparison and jealousy are level playing fields for the devil to exploit Mm -hmm. so you might think that oh it is just comparison i've not entered into like the space of you know jealousy just yet but the truth is that the devil can use that comparison to make you start to think less of yourself you start to see yourself as you know that insecure person and you know you start to also look for some people it might also transfer or transmit into you being timid like you, you step into a space where you feel like you're not worthy. And so there's no sign of confidence in you. You're just timid because the devil has been able to pick that weakness and yeah. turn it into something else. And you're just like, oh, it was just simply comparison. But the devil used it to like literally ruin yeah. so many things for you. And, you know, when it comes to jealousy and how the devil exploits that, I like the story of Cain and Abel. I was able to pick up something from that from that story that it's a caution to people yeah. when it comes to like emotions and the state of your heart. So I'm just going to read Genesis 4 verse 6 to 7. So Emmanuel already started off off with the story of Cain and Abel, but can you give us a snippet the, the, the summary of what was the yeah, context? Oh, sure. <laughs> well, I did storyteller. <laughs> so what happened was he, uh, God had asked for a sacrifice. Uh, so Cain and Abel were brothers of they were they were offspring of Adam and Eve, so Cain was a sacrifice. Abel brought the sacrifice, but Cain's when rejected, Abel was rejected. Uh, when you're a little kid, and the stories told you told that Abel brought Latin that Cain can go to its service, but that's not true. Uh, Cain just fails to bring his best and Abel's. Yeah, <laughs> all right. You actually ended off in like the. Perfect. Right. Yeah, the perfect place. Because I'm going to pick off from, you know, so obviously Cain was displeased, you know, the the turnout of, you know, both of them offering an offering to God and Abel's being a lot more accepted. So Genesis 4 verse 6 to 7 picks up from that and it says, now this is God speaking to Cain. He says, why are you so angry? The Lord asks Cain, why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right and this is the point of emphasis then watch out what are we watching out for god says sin is crouching at the door eager to control you but you must subdue it 
and be its master. Yeah. What that's really telling us is that God was able. Now, God came to Cain before he had yeah. killed Abel. And what he said is that, watch out, sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Which tells us that God was able to see the state of Cain's heart. The same way you're saying, oh, it's just comparison. The same way you're saying it's just jealousy. God sees that it's going to start off with that thing brewing up in your heart, but it's going to, it has the potential to transmit into sin. Why? Because if you really think about it and you picture sin literally being at your door, it's a sin is crouching at your door. It means that it is, your emotions can be a gateway mm. that the enemy can then start to exploit. And so when you give yourself over to those negative emotions or those feelings, such as like, you know, jealousy and comparison, if it's in a negative sense, then you literally like, you have, a, you have a, an entryway that the devil can use and exploit. And what I was able to pick up was that, and God was foretelling Cain that he sees the state of his heart and the emotions that plague his heart. And so if your heart is not in the right place, sin is crouching at your door, you have to watch out because it's waiting for the moment that it should be able to use to mm -hmm. its own advantage. And exactly as we saw in King Saul was that it started off, he had the praises of people and then says from that day on, from that day moving forward, he kept an evil eye on David. Was that, was that was like the turn of events. And we can tell like that story didn't end well. It was yeah. just a back to back case yeah. of, you know, bad intentions moving forward. I'm mean, going to say bad intentions, like the Bible is able to bring it up here. Sin is crouching at your door. So just watch out for the states of your heart. I guess that's what I was able to pick up. That one involves you like, comparing or pitting yourself against people secondly like in both cases there's something that you want that the other person has and in the third case the devil is is able to exploit both whether it's comparison or jealousy comparison might look small but the devil can use that to affect your identity and jealousy might look you know he might seem as big as it is but it, it, a lot can come out from that not of more evil stuff yeah 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 i'm not asking the question this question you have to know guys can you see what's in my wow wow but yeah like what i put you really you've like said everything and i just put like I would say that comparison really is like the root cause of jealousy per se. So again, I literally put like Cain and Nimbo, Genesis 4, 4 to 6. Oh, really? I, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he did 6 to, yeah. Oh, you put 4 to, okay, share with us what 4 to 6. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 4 to 6 is just saying Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. He did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Uh, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain, why do you look so dejected? So yeah, like, again, like you said, it's easy to compare, like, why is it not working for me? I was the same thing. I did the same thing. But really, that's like, just as Omar said, that's, it's, it's, we need to start catching it, like, and as early as possible because like after comparison is jealousy and then mm. once you start to enter that realm it's it gets really really dangerous I, agree. Yeah. I really like that scripture seeing as crouching at your door it just reminds me about any emotion that yeah that's very negative and i just remind myself like 
is knocking someone watch out. and he's knocking at you. <laughs> watch out, <know>? sir. <laughs> Just watch out. Yeah, so in your own opinion and from your experience, what are the dangers of comparison? First, no joy. I'm just going to read from Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. Isaiah. It says, With joy you will drink deeply from the wells. You will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. So one of the, I w dare I say, tools that we that we get to enjoy our salvation and we get to ex enjoy the benefits of our salvation is joy. I think one of the scriptures says that when we are asking God for something, I probably like take our time to find it later. One of the things that God gives us when we are petitioning for something, he gives us joy. And really, it's there's a limit to what we can achieve as a Christian if we do not have joy. Because joy really is the state of our hearts. So it's it God will only commit things into your hands if he knows that this like this person is actually going to store it like this properly, right? And without joy, once we start to fall into comparison, there's no joy. We start to limit ourselves. We're basically telling God that I'm not here for you, you know, don't give me anything. I'm too focused on other people, really. That's that's really what we're telling God. And yeah. Once once our joy is rubbed, like, off of us, then there's really, like, we can't joy, the scripture just says that with joy you would drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. So, but one of the first things that we received from Christ is salvation and everything else it has to offer, we get it with joy, right? So, without joy, we can't do anything. Flamboyance. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with this podcast, you should be introducing word of the day. Just chime it in once someone has said something. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> but amazing. Like, honestly, like your point was literally the first one that I put down. But, you know, for myself, I just kept on like trying to go like really like deeper with, with like my responses. It was exactly the first thing I put down. But, there are three things I want to share in terms. So the question really is talking about like comparison. What are the dangers of comparison? And the first thing that I put down is, is that you lose sight of God's higher perspective for your life. Yeah. And the story that I'm going to pick this off from is really not related to comparison as much or we'll think. Yeah. And it's the story of Abraham. Remember that we, we shared the story of Rachel. This was the one that was saying... Not the one. Past promises doesn't like Rachel at all. Really? <laughs> oh, that was well. That's not for the podcast. But there was a prayer, five a.m. prayer. The way she bashed Rachel, like him to her the next day. I said, "What did Rachel do to you?" <laughs> she said, "Rachel, I don't like that girl. <laughs> I don't like that woman." <laughs> okay, but she was in the same situation. She wanted his son. She said, "I will die if you don't give this to me. I will die if you don't give this to me." The same way Abraham was longing for. Would we'll use the word son, but was longing for a child. Yeah, was longing for a child with his wife. But guess what? God's higher perspective mm. was that I know you want this one thing. The same way God knows that we want this one desire, this one output, this one outcome. But He sees, I want to make you a father of many nations. And it's so profound because when you're able to believe that this thing that I'm seeing is just a fragment 
of God's entire plan and concept for my life, like the way he has ordained and established things to be, it allows you to pull yourself in such a way that God, and I feel like what I was, let me just look back again because, and maybe I might touch back on this again because I was just reminded of this, so I had to pause before I see anything. I was like, is this somewhere else in my notes down to bring this up, Bob? Again, like just reminding yourself that, you know, God has higher for me and I don't want to limit mm. my belief of what success looks like or everything that God wants me to attain based off of like this one entry point that I'm trying to get to. And one thing I put in my notes is that I had shared that like we live in a results oriented culture. Everyone wants to see that outward expression of what success looks like. And I just put down in my notes that our results-oriented culture is not necessarily the way of the kingdom because what God considers results is different from what we consider results to be. And so I'm just going to leave that there as a summary of the fact that God has more for you. Don't limit yourself to that one outcome. And he allows you to express joy in such a way that you're like, you, you know that the God mm-hmm. that created this earth is your father. Yeah, And he has such an amazing plan for you. I feel like some, even for myself, it can be very hard for me to you know, really give 100% into this belief, but I still do so because I've, I notice areas in my life where I'm really, really trying, like, God, I'm trying with you as well. And it's just like, I was sharing repeatedly, like, the, the results I see is like trickles. And so for someone like me that like keeps pushing and trying, but you see trickles, it can be very hard for you to be consistent enough, but God knows what he's doing in life. And I remind myself that I'm waiting for my suddenly moment. And yeah. you know, the Bible talks about like times when people receive breakthroughs and miracles and it says suddenly. Yeah. And it's just like life just turns around all of a sudden, like just keep on walking with God. God knows what he's doing. And I remember that when we, when we attain things in life, it's based off of maturity. Yes. God is going to do that for you when he, once he knows, as she had mentioned, that you can steal what is going to place in your heart. Okay, so that's the first thing. Second thing I put down here is that when you engage in comparison, you miss out on the journey of those that you compare yourselves to and the lessons that you can learn from them. I'm going to pick this off from a quote that I read in a book by T.D. Jakes. Now, this book really, like, so amazing. I went back to that book, like, three times. It's called Destiny. Mm. And that was... I was a T.G. Jakes person before I became serious in KICC. So I have like a ton of his like, you know, inspired works. And so this quote says, Be careful of who you envy. You might see their crown, but behind every crown is an old rugged cross. Huh. That's, that's deep. <laughs> that's very deep. Yes. And it's very, very true. Cause I, I wasn't expecting that ending. It's an old rugged cross. You want the success that they have, but you do not know what their journey was. You don't know what their sacrifices were because that cross really represents that sign of a sacrifice that was laid down. And so I just like put down my notes in terms of like my own thoughts on that quote is that most people, they think that things come easy for the people that they are comparing themselves to, but you do not understand that the sacrifice that they had to put in to get to where they are now. You simply desire things, but desire enough is not able to get you there. There is desire and there's also the sacrifices that you have to make. And so when you see someone that is greater than you, or you see someone that is in a space that you you for yourself want to occupy, there is an initial assignment. And that assignment is for you to humble yourself enough to get out of your emotions and to start to learn from them and to open up yourself to saying, well, I see you that you're here. I want to be here. Can you... 
walk me through can you show me things can you teach me things and you know it's it's a progressive state from there then the last thing i put down is so the first was that you lose sight of God's higher perspective for yourself. The second one was that you miss out on the journey of those that you compare yourselves to and the lessons that you can learn from them. And the third thing that I put down here, dangers of comparisons that you begin to devalue yourself. And as I was thinking about this, I believe that the Holy Spirit shared a scripture with me that was like, whoa, this has nothing to do with comparison, but everything to do with the dangers of comparison. And did. John 1, 46. And it says... I have the scripture down, but I think I want to find a different version. Well, let me just read the one that I have. So John 1, 46, it says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked, come and see, said Philip. Nazareth, can anything good come out from there? And how the Holy Spirit had explained this thing to me is that, remember when we're talking about, I don't know which question it was, but we've answered it. We didn't stop it, <laughs> But we're talking about like comparison and we had mentioned that you get yourself into a space where exploitation, like where the devil starts to exploit, it might seem like it's just like it's tiny things such as like comparison, but what he's doing is like he's attacking your identity. Yeah. And he wants you to start to see yourself as less than. And then we get to read here, it says, can anything good come from there? Can anything good come from Nazareth? They're sending people that for comparison, it goes into like a very extreme point where they've compared, compared, they see that they've tried, they've tried, they've tried, and so they've given up on themselves completely. And so they start to internalize that question, can anything good come out of me? Can anything good come out from the prospect of my future? Is there hope still alive for me? And so you devalue yourself to that point where they tell you, okay, it's possible, you just have to keep going, but you're like, ah. <laughs> you still repeat those questions for yourself, can anything good come out? And really what that statement or what that question really is referring to is, it's a statement of unbelief. Yeah. Especially if you're believers. And I share this because I, last week, literally, I met with Pete and I had shared, very funny, we actually, I had one question on comparison, but I had, I had shared a couple of things with him. And when I, we immediately, we stepped out of the, of the room. I heard a voice tell me, that is it. That, and what that voice was telling me was that everything you shared with Pete in that session that you had with him was... Those are the stories that you've told yourself that have held you back from actually like, you say you believe God, yes, but it's kind of like you're one leg in and one leg out. And that one leg out is based off like the stories that you've told that have held yourself back. And that is where you base your, your unbelief from. Is that you're like, you're not 100% giving or sold onto the idea that like God can truly take me to that point that I'm trying to get to. And so when I started to ask the Holy Spirit on how like, how I can get into this point of really getting to a short point of belief. Like I know that, you know, I've tried in the past. I know that things have, you know, not really worked out, but I believe, I believe that the word is going to work for me. The word is going to work for my life. How do I get there? And he had taken me back to the basis of unbelief yeah. and, you know, the different areas in my life that those stories that I've told myself have established strongholds that prevent me from moving forward. This scripture was not part of like the things that were shared, but as I was preparing this, the scripture came out again. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? We had the moments in your life where you've told yourself, you've devalued yourself in such a way that, you see, I'm re I remember like in that meeting with PD, I had said, <laughs> the way I even said the way I believe in God, it's like, I believe, it was like the belief was like 20%. And that was, immediately I stepped out, I was like, that is it. Everything that you said is a pointer to the fact that you do not believe 100%. And what it, it reminds me is that sometimes like when we're attaining goals, like we see the goal, 
But there's one thing for you to put effort and there's another thing for you to double down the spirit realm and say, I want to get to a space where unbelief is no longer my story. But I 100% believe what I've seen in the word concerning me. It has come alive for Mm. me. And one of the beautiful things in one of the series PD has on Bible meditation, he says that you stay there until you start to see pictures. Yeah. And that's just a wow for me because that's that's kind of like a goal for me for things to be tangible enough. You start to see pictures and you start to believe again. This is, I've seen it, I believe it. And what I've seen, everything on the outside has to begin to align. Yeah. And so I just put down in my notes, like, you tell yourself that the word of God is going to work for me. I don't care what other people's experiences are, but for me, the word is going to work for myself. Very, very true. And just a shameless plug. You can listen to Unmasking Unbelief. Mm. It's a midweek podcast. Yeah, I think it's still also really sick. So that's truly old. Yeah, very, very deep. Very, very deep. Yeah, another thing, and, and when you were just speaking on one of the dangers of comparison, it also like, you were the term like, after all, he's rich, but he doesn't go to church or, or even worse, you start to compare yourselves with Maybe other people who are um, maybe Christian, but they're not serious with God. But they are doing other things to achieve. And what even makes it worse is if it's now something you also want to achieve, you now start to believe the lie that you don't have to be this devout or a Christian and things like that. Especially when we start to step into influential spaces and we start to see people do things and that we also want to achieve, but they're not like serious with our faith. Yeah. Comparison can really start to... I can't just say that the fact that someone is not a believer yeah. or they're not like 100% serious with their faith doesn't mean that you can't... There's a, there's a scene that says... You can still look up chill, to them. Yeah. Chill. Eat the chicken, spit out the bones. Well, not exactly. Yeah. Eat the chicken, spit out the bones. Like, take the valuable things, the principles that you're seeing that these people apply. It also aligns with the word of God as well that you've seen for mm-hmm. yourself. Although they may not even know. Yeah. Take those valuable things and everything else that does not look like God running away from it. Yeah. So don't it's pride. It's pride if you rob yourself off of like the things that these people carry. Yeah. All right. So because we are Christians, or I would rather say because we are believers, is our response in times of comparison related to faith? I think that we just touched on that when I when we said yeah <laughs> unbelief. <laughs> but maybe you can you can shed some more. No, light. you you touched it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. When you actually said that, that actually was like, yes, that's true. Like when you spend this unbelief, then there's comparison per se, because then it sounds like there's nothing I'm believing God for some money. My my default state is just to compare. Yeah. I guess it was just like a gross display, display of the danger of comparison. So that, that yeah. you've compared, compared, compared. You've assessed yourself as well. And you've seen that you've tried. And you've gotten to this depressed stage. You know when God came to Cain and said, why are you yeah. detected? <laughs> you've detected yourself. <laughs> and so you've gotten to a state of not believing at all. At, at all. Um, for myself, I put down, you know, when I was really thinking about like comparison and faith. Um, I think comparison shows in some in some sense that we are missing a level of intimacy with God. 
in that regard so in that regard meaning like you know whatever it is that you're trusting god for i, I don't know what it is <laughs> for, some, for some for some people it might not be career business or all the things that we're talking about you know could be kids yeah could be finance but one thing i i highlight which is why i paused myself in one of like my my answers before because I, I i clicked that I was entering into a response for another question was that god is not threatened by anyone's situation mm. God is in rest. So even when you, for yourself, you look outside, you're comparing yourself, you see that things are not necessarily like going as planned or according to the, the timing that you set for yourself, what you t tend to conceptualize that uh, as is like there's fire burning outside. Like there's fire burning outside my mom. God, what do we do? It's like you're panicking, you're in a state of unrest. But the truth is that God is not threatened by any situation in our life. Like God is right now at rest when the bible says that on the seventh day he rests he's still resting in, in heaven and so the goal for us is to understand that because we walk with god and we understand that god is at rest how do we get ourselves to that point of also being at rest as well if he's at rest i myself also want to be at rest yeah manny can you help us with the scripture that says i do as i see my father doing this was jesus speaking uh there we go, friends. <laughs> that one was not part of the notes, but it came. <laughs> Probably, wait, never not see my assumption. So that's... Yeah, but anyways, when you're, when you're looking for the scripture, you know, still along that same train of thoughts that we understand that God is at rest and you for yourself have to declare that I also want to be at rest as well. I don't want to be anxious for anything and I want to enjoy the peace of mind that god can give me he's willing to give me this peace Jesus says, the peace my peace i've left with you so i use the word enjoy peace because you can enjoy it it's something that you can do it's one thing to know that there's peace available for you but it's something for you to enter into a level of rest where like even when it seems like the world outside is falling down you are in peace you're in rest and you're enjoying staying there because you know what the word that has been revealed to you says and so you're literally saying like when he says how is comparison connected to faith you remind yourself that god you're at rest i want to be at rest i want to enjoy your peace and regarding this situation does not mean that i will not inquire of the lord like god what is going on here share with me in such a way that we can walk through this entirely by the revelation of your spirit and we yes, see yes, i believe oh you found it oh yeah so okay. but john 9 sweet john 5 19. okay it is that I tell you the truth, the son told me about himself, told me what is yet to buy it. Wait, what the father does? Gone. the father does. So if God is resting, then you also can claim rest for yourself. But then again, just to tie things back, when I said that, it's one thing for you to make efforts in the physical. It's another thing for you to also double down the spirit realm and see, yeah. God, I'm here for my eyes to be open to what's going on here. I'm here for... For me to hear the voice of your spirit clearly concerning this matter and how I can get to the to the points that I am you know, pressing towards. And that's the way, you know, you start to see transformation happening. Because let's say, for example, you're in a state of pride, as we talked about, where like you've identified that someone's in this space and you just feel like, well, I can't really go to this person as they're asking these questions. In a space of prayer, God is able to bring these things to your understanding and you you deal with it there. And then you start to obey the instructions of God in such a way that you approach them. You know that you've prayed even for favor to even approach them in such a way that they're accessible. They, they open themselves up to you and they share things with you. And so prayer changes a lot. Like 
you can't just you know identify something and just say okay i'm just going to put my efforts into it like not by what's that what's the not by power not by might but by the spirit mm-hmm. so that's where it is like you're comparing yourself there's this there's, there's a, and god wants a lot for you as we've established like there's a higher perspective that god wants for your life don't limit yourself to this particular point in time go back into rest go back into peace let nothing rattle you no cause yeah. for emergency at all and just keep doing the very best that you can as the spirit of god instruction leads you through life hope you guys are writing notes because hey, let me call lucille we're going to be a couple minutes later <laughs> we must finish it too <laughs> Hope you like taking notes because friend of mine is dropping gems. I so yes. And then I think we go to question seven. What would be your advice on how to deal with moments that cause us to compare ourselves? Okay. So it's very interesting because I, I mentioned that I had this meeting with PD. This meeting was not about comparison. I, there was just one question on comparison. It was about something completely different. But in that meeting, I actually asked him, I was like, you know, what happens when you look around and exactly what we're talking about? And like, you see other people like in that space where you're trying to get yourself to and you compare. And you know, what he had said is, so I, I asked him this question because I already had an answer based off of that book I was talking about from T.G. Jakes called Destiny. He had, he had learned, he outlined so many things. And so I had a response from him from that book that I have been using for myself when it comes to comparison. But I wanted to hear what what PD yeah. was, what PD would see, something else that PD would see. And funny enough, he said the exact same thing in a different manner. And so what he said is that, well, before I go into what PD said, let me go into the, the where I got my original response from. But T.G. Jakes in his book, he had a section called, that touched on like, you know, just the struggle of, you know, comparison and one thing that he had shared was that he said run the race with blinders on mm-hmm. run the race run the race with blinders on and he pretty much picked up an illusion from a racehorse competition and these are like you know this it's a sports where like the horses are competition with others and he said that you know these horses they train and there's a lot of planning that goes into it. There's like a, a very serious amount of training work that, you know, they put these these horses through, but also the planning committee for these like competitions. But before any of the horses can race, there's a very, very important equipment. It's a very, very important gear that they have to have on before they set out in that race. And that is that headgear, which is called their blinders. And what their blinders does is that it prevents them from seeing their rear or their side view and they can be focused on their race. And so when I spoke to PD about this, his response was that that's the problem. So when I said, you know, what happens when you're looking around and you see other people doing well, he said, that's the problem. You're looking around, you should be focused. It was now Leah's side every week. And yeah, it just aligned. Both responses just aligned. You should be focused. And so when it says put your blinders on is that sometimes it can be very hard to, you know, just be centered and focused on your own level of progression and you know what god is doing in your life which is where i believe like that scripture i was looking for came from but you know honestly like that really is the truth like for you to just pause stop that rat race of comparison and you know pitting yourself against others and be focused on the journey ahead of course like when you trace your thoughts back to the fact that god wants to do a lot through me like 
my situation, my current circumstances is not going to hinder the work he wants to do. So long as I align with his spirit and also like open myself up to learn what this particular season or this state is trying to, you know, teach me. And then I just keep walking with God. Things are going to open up for me. And I see this because, you know, we shouldn't necessarily take these things as like, you know, this is just a suggestion. It's really like a very important advice. And sometimes it can be very hard, but you would really lend that focus when you become a person of prayer, to be very honest. And, you know, obviously you're studying the word and you take it to prayer. Like, God, I know that this is what your word says. I want to be fixated on the man named Jesus as he's revealed in the word of God. And I begin, I begin to internalize what he says about me. I begin to internalize the authority and the power that he's given me to live life victoriously every single day and not be overcome by these feelings and emotions. So that's the first thing I put down was to run your race with blinders on or simply stay focused. The second point I put down was the scripture, Philippians 1 verse 6 and Okay, I'm just going to read from the NLT. It says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And that's pretty much saying that God has started something. I heard someone say something that was very profound. And he said, she said, God has not brought me this way just to leave me halfway. God has not brought me this far just to leave me halfway. And that's reminding you of like when you look back in thanksgiving and in your testimonies of how far God has brought you, you start to realize that God has started something profound in you. See, it's good, but it's actually profound. Like he knows where he's taking you to. His plans for you are good, knows of evil. And the Bible is reminding us that, you know, sometimes when we get to that stage where we're comparing ourselves, like we don't even know if there's a next step. But the Bible is saying that he that has begun a good work in you, he's faithful enough to see it. He's faithful enough to continue that work in you until the day of Jesus Christ. And that's just like a question for you to just remind yourself that God, again, like I know that you're in this with me. Like I'm walking with you. I'm completely open to, you know, the leading of your spirit. And I just have so much belief and faith that you're going to bring me to every good and perfect thing that you have planned and established for me. And the third point that I put here is that there is one, so obviously I know we talked about like comparison and jealousy, but just to pick off of jealousy, even though our discussion for today is, is comparison, but I just put down in my notes here that there is one jealousy that we should all acknowledge as true in our lives. There's a jealousy that we should, we should know and recognize, and it is that God is jealous of you. God is jealous of you. And we get to see this in the Bible. Exodus 34 verse 14 would be a good example, but there are, there are many more scriptures. <laughs> and it says, For you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous. Is he Jealous? I'm reading from the Amplified, so they are like things in brackets. So the first thing in brackets says, so it says, He's a Jealous. Sorry. It's amazing, <laughs> is he? Let's start to the fight again. <laughs> These are brackets. Okay, so, For you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous, impassioned God, demanding what is rightfully and uniquely His. He's demanding what is rightfully and uniquely His. And when we say that God is jealous of you, He doesn't want to share your heart with anyone. And just as a mother hen protects her chick, He's also willing and able to do what, he's, what He needs to do, what is necessary enough for Him to do to protect you, but also to bring you to the things that He's prepared for you. 
So God doesn't want to share your heart. Like when you harbor things in your heart, such as comparison and jealousy, like it it's it's it works on the state of your heart. And God is like, no, what what should be in your heart is just a pure, raw, burning desire for me and the things of my spirit. And so we get to see that that is the jealousy that we should acknowledge as true in our lives, that God is jealous of us. It was very interesting when I looked at the scripture and said, his name is Jealous. I said, ah, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> but yeah, those are the three things I wanted to share. Hey, the key. No better be taking notes. Like, <laughs> at one point, at point, like, this really, like, is also, like, one of your points is have a good re- revelation of who God wants you to be and really what is taking you through so and that can be achieved in the place of prayer i remember growing up that i was being especially when you grew up in church like say like pray 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 i'm like how can i come to that bpt answer to everything prayer is the answer to everything <laughs> it is this okay so my examples are not best but i will try that so you got this money you got this <laughs> think of let's say you want to power a light bulb for example what you need really is electricity but prayer is that power force that that's electricity per se right but then how you will not get to capture the electricity and then power the light bulb would then depend on like obviously you asking God for action steps but to say that you want to power a light bulb without electricity yeah, yeah, you're yeah, kidding yourselves, right? So every, like, literally everything you are going to achieve will be powered by prayer. Now, obviously, it just won't only be prayer alone, per se. It will be actions that you receive in, in prayer, and then, you like, you go from there. So, yeah, I have a good revelation of who God wants you to be, and that really comes from prayer, the word, and the word in your mouth. LG plug. <laughs> okay, and then... Number two point is be genuine and ask yourself if you're going to the same place. My dad shared a story about how he was waiting for a bus. And then people were like boarding, like, you could board like multiple buses going to like different locations. And then when a bus just came and left, the spirit, like all the spirit was like, why didn't you get on that bus? And my dad was like, what do you mean? I'm not going where they're going. I was like, I was like, yeah. So yeah, like. Just ask yourself if you're going to the same place. And there's so much room in God. Like, just because you're even in the same profession does not even mean you're going to the same place. If that, like, it, like, there's just so much. Like, what God has for you is so unique. Like, it is so unique. Like, it literally cannot be copied. It is so unique. So just remind yourself, like, you are not going to the same place. And then so just before you move into your other point, like it just brings back to memory again. Like this was also shared in this book as well, like the book on destiny by T.J. Jakes. And he, he shared how like it's very interesting. Like sometimes we refuse to celebrate the success of others, even when we know on the inside of us that what they have, we don't want to, like you said, they're not well, no, we're all going to the same place. And sometimes you, you for yourself, you know, mm. that it might look like a promotion. It is a promotion for them. You aspire the same thing for yourself. But you don't want what they got. Mm. What you just want is your own version of promotion. Yeah. But you, you prevent yourself from celebrating them. He was like, for example, like someone who gets a promotion in the office, you won't celebrate with them, even though you know that that office is not your destination point. You're just passing through. So you picked up a position or a, or, or, or a job there, 
boy was for you. Ah, not this person plugged to Sam. But Sam's always saying before he starts a new job, he always tells me, I know what I'm going there for. And I know how long I want to spend there. And it's, 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 it blows my mind because it's like, I'm passing through. And so imagine if someone like that, he sees someone getting a promotion in that company, company that he already determined that he wants to pass through, he wants to get the experience yeah. and move on to something higher, he then prevents himself from celebrating. And it's just like a very, like, I guess he paints the example of, you're not all going to the same destination. Stop comparing, like you want promotion, yes, but your promotion is going to come yeah. according to the unique expression that God has for him. Is that? And then the last point is, is there a possibility of inspiration? So every time, anytime you see yourself comparing, it can either be an invitation to be inspired by that person. So let's say you, and this also applies in ministry too as well. You'd be surprised how much competition there is for stage. <laughs> like that, 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 has, that has always baffled me. Like why? But yeah, is there a possibility for inspiration? And if there is not then be inward looking, right? So look at like yourself. And I put a scripture here, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So all of us who have had the veil will move and see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious knowledge. So um, at the end of the day, we want to be... Uh, like Christ, and as and as I said earlier, there's so much room, so much room um, in Him. Like, it's very easy to think that two people have the same destiny, or two people have the same agenda. Like, God really has unique plans for each and every person. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, dummy. <laughs> okay, so. We actually have a question from a listener. We have two questions, but I think we'll just take one because of time. This person went in depth to <laughs> And I think you might have touched on it. I'm not too sure. Okay, but what this person says, and I'm reading, and person says, again, I'll just take in one. <laughs> person says, growing up, my mom would compare us, especially me, to her friend's kids. And I hated it so much because in my head, I thought we're all different people with different strengths and shortcomings. So comparisons never really made much sense to me. Like it's fine when people use it for motivation, but there's a very thin line between that and what starts to brew as self-hate. This is pretty much the only question I have. And a question is, is it bad to compare your grace or your gift with someone else's, especially when this is being harbored by your environment? For example, your family, and your upbringing. I think, let me see. This is a very good clarity to BD's question. Um, I can't think. Okay, I, there's some more. It says, okay, so it says, this is pretty much the only question I can think of when it comes to making comparisons. Sure, there might be a healthier way to make comparisons, but we don't live in a perfect world. For most people, it's it, it just always leads to negative feelings as opposed to mot motivation to be better. She's just asking about like, you know, dealing with an environment that is promoting this culture of comparisons and you know they're bringing it into like the works of your hands the things that you do and your gifts uh, i think a question was like comparing your grace and your gifts so please wisdom um, um just trying to think of scriptures i believe maybe john 
when John the Baptist started to, in today's world, we'll turn it to losing church members to Jesus' following, let's see. And then his disciples came and said that, oh, even Jesus is now baptizing people. And the scripture actually puts it there, even though it wasn't even actually Jesus that was baptizing people, it was his disciples that was baptizing people. And John gave a response that kind of showed, he knew what, he knew his work, right? Conversations about his identity is another question for already, but he knew what's like the work he had to do. So when that question presented itself, he knew that, okay, I have this gift. Jesus has this gift, right? So this is what this gift is for, and this is what's the assignment. Then this is the assignment I'm going to like fulfill with this gift per se. So one of the best tools someone's also to have when comparison arises, especially when it's inside like the same like giftings per se, is to have a full revelation of what that gift is supposed to do, what that gift is supposed to produce, and also the person that you are becoming and the person that you are supposed to be, if that makes sense. Just as we've said earlier, like it's going to be different. God, God isn't interested in making copycats. It's not God when God was really <laughs> Pastor Dad would say, like, you know, a mass proof version. Like it wasn't like God was okay, let's make human beings. Okay. Um, copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. Just just send them all out. Shipments and delivery. Integrable, yeah, deliver now and like no. God really was very intentional about crafting each person, each person's destiny and each person's work like he knows exactly what you're going to do with that gift whether it's like you're both gifted in music you're both gifted in public speaking god knows there is a unique expression that that gift is supposed to accomplish and that's one of the biggest tools to fight comparison yeah you pretty much said everything that's why i posed the question to you i'm just gonna have like a very like one minute addition and Again, He's it's just going to touch on... No, there's no, uh, there's no depth here. Me, it might be deep to the person that is listening, but we're talking about environments here. And one thing that I noticed myself, I, I, I could relate so much to her story. Like just saying, growing up, like this is something that my parents always did. And it's something that is quite prevalent in like West African like households, right? Do they have two heads? Look at what they are doing about you. And what I started to notice is that like as a kid, like you can like... you think that you're putting these things to the side but it's when you start to grow up and you've gotten to a space of independence yeah so it's not until when you get into like you know a space where you're now independent that these things start to spring up and you would not for the best of you never know where these things came from and what i've started to understand is that these things are seeds that have been sown like it might seem as though you were just dismissing it or like you cried about when you were a kid but because these things were not necessarily removed it starts now, you know, enter into that game of comparison. You saw it in your parents, they did it for you, and then now you're repeating that entire part of, that entire pattern. In that case, it's very great to understand that, like, especially for a believer, like we have to come into the consciousness of the fact that we have a family in Christ. And it's according to the construct of his kingdom that we decide that we live our lives. And so, like, not to repeat anything that has been said in this podcast because i feel like there are so many like actionable like things that have been said in this podcast first from a point of understanding 
and then to a point of like you can go back in and start to practice these things but when you come to the understanding of like I like my my family I've identified is in Christ I don't have to engage in all these practices that I see against like around me sorry and you start to you know remind yourself like and go into these things whatever it is that you know is hindering me whatever it is that is you know causing these limiting factors in my life I can begin to let go of these things and you know just begin to walk in that fullness but these things are seeds and when I say seeds like again goes going back into like the work in the spirit is to remove those things that were not of God that were planted in you by people that mean well for you but they might not just have done it or communicated it in the best way possible yeah very very true all right any takeaway from this podcast before we end you know yeah, it's been very deep, people. Very deep. If you don't have a ticket, please pray for our audience. <laughs> That's what you not speak. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. By all means, in English. <laughs> yeah. So, Lord, really thank you, thank you for your spirits, thank you for your grace, and thank, thank you all for salvation. We pray that as we've really come to seek clarity from your word. We pray that we shall be equipped with the tools to fight against comparison. We pray that it would not be a weak point. And we pray that we would close any door that the enemy wants to use uh, against us. We also pray for anyone listening, struggling uh, with comparison. We pray that a fresh revelation of who they are in Christ and who you want them to be would be endured upon them. We pray that your spirit will continually remind them of who they are. And yeah, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Dami, for praying for us. If you're listening to this episode and you truly believe that you want to know more about the God, the Jesus that we talk so freely about on this podcast, I believe that you, that the inclination you're having right now is not just any random one. It is all pointing towards the fact that there's more for you and you can experience all of that in God. If you want to make a decision for Christ today, you can repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in the grave. Thank you because you rose up victoriously on the third day. I believe that you are alive today. So I ask that you come live in me. I ask you to live through me and I receive the grace to live for you. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. I surrender my will and my plans and I say yes to you in Jesus' name. If you made this decision, we would love to talk to you about this newfound faith. You can email us at saved at kicccanada.ca. Thank you all for listening. I hope you found this episode to be beneficial and see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.